We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. Merry Draft Miss Eve. It's another episode of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Look, you can open an account with Emprise Bank in less than five minutes. The savings just start there, though. Emprise is a trusted partner with a variety of products and services to help you achieve your goals. Don't be tethered to a brick building. Start with a meaningful relationship with a bank that has your best in mind. That's Emprise Bank, member FDIC. They are our partners in Possible with the KCSN Draft Guide and uh, cannot speak more highly of them. They are incredible, and they've been an incredible partner, and they've been an incredible business partner with the KCSN Draft Guide. Uh, I am here with my incredible business partner, Maddie Lane, in an incredible shirt. If you are listening audio only, you are missing out on this man, uh, and your mic is muted, Maddie. Uh, I'm aware. Okay, I'm just making sure because I saw you laughing and nothing was coming out. And you know, I I know I'm not funny, but you know, I I, I just figured. But uh, what's what's good, buddy? Uh, you know, I I got the uh, the shirt on because it's almost here. It's almost draft day, so that's it's a reason to party. We put on the, the party shirt. We put on the Andy Reid special, the Hawaiian shirt. We get ready for the NFL draft that that comes at us tomorrow. And and, and by us, I mean everybody's going to be joining us, of course, at the Kingdom Bar and Grill because that's where we're going to be every single second live with you guys at the kingdom bar grill covering the draft talking about the draft as it happens so come hang out if you can't if you're not around you're not in town that's fine you can tune into the youtube page and just watch us sit there and fill hours and hours of talk and get it related at least to your chiefs so they don't just get a three-minute blurb when it's time for them to pick on nfl network or espn Everything is going to tie back to the Chiefs as we break down the draft, you know, and so we'll be looking at all kinds of stuff during the entirety of the draft, every single pick uh, and how it ties back to the Chiefs potentially. So um, really, really excited to get out there. It is going to be an absolute party at Kingdom Bar and Grill. I cannot wait. There's going to be some really great food specials, some drink specials. 360 Vodka will be there as well representing. Uh, it's normally a good thing when they uh, – it, it's normally a good thing when they they come. Just – take that for what it's worth um so we are going to do a mock draft roundup and kind of react to some of the mock drafts that are out there um and just kind of have some discuss discourse about them and uh that's kind of what we're going to do today if you've seen some of the mock draft roundup roundup shows that bj and maddie have done so it's going to be kind of like that today and we'll start with this one uh the athletic did their their uh mock drafts 
Uh, and our guy, Nate Taylor, our pal Nate, uh, he was picking for the Chiefs at 29 and 30, and he went with Daxton Hill, the safety out of uh, Michigan, and Edge Arnold Ebiketti out of Penn State. And I mean, Daxton Hill, I did, didn't, didn't we go with Daxton Hill? I think we might have went with Daxton Hill as well. I think when we did our mock draft exercise last night, or I think it was at least a part of the conversation. I can't remember if we ultimately went with him. I've already forgot about it. We did go with Dax Hill, but I believe Nate Taylor went with Christian Watson. Or, the wide sorry, receiver. Christian Watson. My fault. My fault. You're no, right. You're good. You're good. I yeah, had it I, written I believe, down wrong. You're right. <laughs> I Christian believe Watson. that sorry. Nate went with Christian Watson and Arnold Epichetti. You're right. Um, so yeah, we'll that, start, let's, that, let's start. Let's start with Christian Watson uh, okay. because I know like he's kind of a guy that we've been a little bit polarizing on. And I'll just say this. I'm stuck between Christian Watson at pick 30 and 50 because I really like Christian Watson. I'm a fan of his game and what he did at the senior bowl was really, really, really impressive. <laughs> um, you know, he put together some really good tape and obviously, you know, the, the North Dakota state tape doesn't really necessarily match the same way uh, to entirely to what you saw at the senior bowl. But I think the physical profile, the athletic profile, and, and some of the stuff he's able to put together against really elite competition at the Senior Bowl is, you know, positive indicators for him. But I still feel stuck between pick thirty and fifty for him. It's kind of one of those situations if receivers fall, they might have to be aggressive to make sure that they secure a receiver that they like at pick thirty, Maddie. Uh, and see, for me, I, I'm stuck more between 50 and 62 on him. So I, I, I think it's a little early. I get liking Christian Watson. I think the physical profile is appealing, but it, it's kind of my issue is when you start looking at older prospects, which Christian Watson is, that need time to develop. If you're going to have to spend a year or two developing these guys and they're already older, that already right there makes it really hard to invest in them in round one for me. And then I go and I, when I watch Christian Watson, like there's definitely stuff to like his ability to attack vertically. His just athletic ability is very apparent, but I just wonder if he's going to ever become a complete receiver or if it's going to kind of be a one trick thing. And if it's a one trick thing, is it going to be good enough to justify a round one pick? So I'm not quite there. Like, I think it's a little bit of a reach to take him here, but when you're looking at the wide receiver market around the NFL, not just in the draft, right. but with cash and free agency and trades, you might have to, in the draft, start overspending to get receivers because people, teams might start drafting them more and more. I'm assuming with Watson going here, you know, the first, I would hope, like six, seven wide receivers are already off the board, and you're kind of afraid that you're not going to get your next guy at pick 50, so you're making sure you get one. So I get the concept. I'm just not quite as high on him, I think, as some other people because I see a lot of risk there. Uh, yeah, no, I get it. And I, and I, I think there's some legitimate concerns about him, but I, I think it just, sometimes the situation could necessitate them making a move like that to just make sure they're securing a receiver that they really like. Um, Arnold Ebiketti is the second pick to discuss, uh, that Nate went with there at the edge position, uh, at a Penn state. And here he's the interesting one, you know, when, uh, when the, um, you know, when, when Brett, Brett Veach did his press conference, you know, kind of got asked about, you know, physical thresholds that, you know, this, this staff might like the coaching staff might like, might prefer. And, and, and Veach singled out the edge position kind of discussing, you know, when it comes to edges, there's a lot of discourse that has to be had about, you know, the three, four type edge rushers versus the, you know, the base four, three type guys. And, um, you know, Arnold Ebiketti is an interesting one because um, I think, I think the range for him here is completely fair. It's just a matter of fit. And if, if, if the chiefs are going to be willing to bend to their, typical thresholds and maybe maddie this is finally the year that steve spagnolo maybe gives in a little bit to some of the physical thresholds that he likes with the length and the density ability against the run 
maybe this is a year that they kind of bend themselves a little bit to, to fit a guy like Arnold Ebiketti, a very talented speed rusher uh, out of Penn State. And um, yeah, I like I like Arnold Ebiketti. I've done a couple like what I would do mock drafts, whether by myself or as part of groups, you know, with like Pro Football Network had asked me to do one. And I took Arnold Ebiketti in that draft because I really like him as a player. He's explosive. He's I don't want to say he's like raw in the same way that a Christian Watson is in which I think he needs a lot of development, but there's plenty that he can continue to develop. Mm -hmm. Like what he does already, he's really good at, but it's probably like a smaller skill set than what he needs to get to. But I think you see the flashes of hand technique, speed to power. He knows how he's short. He's a little smaller guy, but he knows how to use that leverage to go with his length. So like I see the traits, how he's starting to put them together. I don't think it's a long process to say, hey, I know where this guy can start contributing in year one. So I really do like the pick. I'm a little worried about the fit with the Chiefs. Like they would have to change some stuff schematically. I don't think that he's the kind of defensive end that is going to play through a tight end and a tackle to make a play versus run. I don't think he's going to hold the C gap if he's having to deal with a massive tackle trying to jump out and reach him or a tight end chipping him and then having to deal with the tackle. He's sub 250 pounds. Like it's, it's a tough fit for Steve Spagnuolo, but I love the talent. So if they're willing to make, you know, the correct adjustments, whether that be a true strong and weak side defensive end, whether it's to just split him out as a nine tech all the time and kind of run a little bit more as like a Leo and a stronger, more Seattle style four three, you know, underlook. Okay, you got some stuff there that you can do. So I like the player. I just would be very interested to see the defensive scheme changes to make sure that he's not trying to take on the Makai Beckton's of the world one on one and hold up against the run. Well, if they take him, they're obviously bending a little bit to to um, and and providing a little bend for once. Um, <laughs> so I I'd, I'd, I'd like that. You know, it'd be it'd be a It'd be an adjustment schematically to try to fit a uber talented pass rusher uh, in Arnold Ebiketti. Shout out to our guy Nate Taylor uh, for for putting those two together in the Athletics mock draft. Where would you go from here, Maddie? Because like I think one thing you do, you probably still need to go address defensive end and maybe get a bigger guy uh, with your top 100 picks. You still got to address receiver. Um, so I that's think that's what I want to talk about. That's my issue with these two in the first round. You still have to address both of these positions again because now this is with any defensive end you take at the end of round one because they're at end of round one player you're not getting a complete defensive end at the end of round one so regardless and even if you trade you had a really good one the Chiefs might still need two but the issue with the with the Watson and Nebuchadnezzar you still need probably a day two defensive end and a day two wide receiver. And I just think if you go other directions, you might be able to lock up, you know, at least one of those positions to where you don't need them until later in day three. So like, I don't know if these two selections particularly change anything about the rest of your draft. I think that Watson needs a little bit of time and is might be a pretty limited receiver in terms of his skill set. And Ebiketti, well, I think is really good you still need a guy that can come in and play early on potentially to stop the run or worst case scenario to kind of build out the defensive end spot away from him. So I, I don't know if it changes much of the rest of the draft. It'll be fascinating to see if something like this does play out, how the rest of the board does fall for the chiefs, Matt Miller. Uh, he's got a mock draft out the last couple of days. And at, we found, we had a hard time finding some trade-ups. Um, and uh, we, we, you know, Matt found one here. For the Chiefs, they trade all the way up to pick 13 for Jamison Williams, the wide receiver out of Alabama. And then at pick 30, go with Kyler Gordon, the cornerback out of Washington. Maddie, if your initial thoughts, if the Chiefs move up to pick 13 for Jamison Williams, what are your thoughts? 
I don't want to be like super negative about every pick because it's going to sound like I hate everything. And like I, that's hard because Jamison Williams is like my number one wide receiver for for the Chiefs. I think he's the best. You know, probably one of the better fits. What he brings the offense is going to be great. I just. I struggle with moving up for a receiver after you traded away a top tier receiver to recoup other assets. What, what was the point of the move other than to save a little bit of cash, which obviously matters. It's just, I don't know if I like immediately spending those trade assets gained from Hill to go up and get a receiver. That said, you could pretty much drop Jamison Williams into some of the roles that you did with Tyree kill. Mm -hmm. And you're going to produce some results. Like he's not the most technical receiver in this draft, but he understands leverage. Like you can tell that he was an Ohio state wide receiver. <laughs> he, Chris Olavi, Garrett Wilson, they all attack leverage. They get in the blind spot of a corner nonstop. Like you can tell he understands how to run routes. You can drop him in and he's going to produce. So like, I don't love the concept of trading up to get a receiver, but at the same time, Jamison Williams would be so electric and with the chiefs, like, I don't know how long I would be upset. Yeah, because he's 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 a guy that definitely has the the elite talent. Uh, he's a guy that can definitely be a blue chip and can be blue chip in a cost controlled situation. I think that's what's so interesting. You see the explosive play potential that he has, and uh, yeah, he's he's an exceptional receiver with elite speed. And it seems like the ACL recovery is coming along great. So um, definitely intriguing player there. You know, it's gonna take you twenty nine sixty two and pick 94 to go up for Jamison Williams. So, you know, if they do that, they got a plan for him for sure. And they're going to be, uh, you know, they'll, 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 they'll get a lot out of him for sure here in Kansas city, pick 30 Kyler Gordon, the cornerback out of Washington. So, um, if the chiefs do make this move, uh, you know, they'll be picking at 13 30 and then pick 50 and then, uh, pick one Oh three. That's it that they would have in the first three rounds makes things a little bit depleted, but Kyler Gordon, uh, the cornerback, uh, what do you think there? So he's one of your guys, so I'll let I'll let you gush kind of about Kyler Gordon, why you think it's fit. I, I've come around to being okay with it without again without loving it, but I, I get what they're going for. I just want to say though, the combo here, well, we'll talk about the combo later. So I'll let you I'll let you gush about Kyler Gordon, just kind of say, uh, as far as corners go, if the Chiefs aren't gonna be interested in Andrew Booth Jr. and you're not getting Sauce Gardner or you're not gonna get Derek Stingley Jr. Uh, Kyler Gordon's probably the next best man corner. I think you might have to keep some help over the top. Like, I don't know if he's a vertical guy, so you might have to play a lot more too high structure, but I do think he might be the next best man corner out of that next group if you're not including Andrew Booth. So better than Kyrie Lum, Trent McDuffie, Tariq Wool. Like, I like him better in man coverage. So, like, I get the fit for the Chiefs, and I understand why you would be having to take him at 30 rather than waiting to 50. You're not wait. You're not getting him at fifty, even though he did have some disappointing right. testing. I think you're still probably not getting him at fifty. So, like, I think this is where you have to pull the trigger on a guy like Kyler Gordon. And I mean, look, you know, it's interesting. The Chiefs typically like to build from the trenches. And in this situation, they've gone with skill guys and back-to-back -back picks, and they've depleted their assets a little bit at sixty-two. Uh, you know, or with uh, you know, they've only got pick fifty and one hundred three left in this particular situation. So that'll be also interesting to monitor. Um. Or, you know, they could go, they could theoretically go, you know, pick 50 and 121 as well. So there's some situations, but they're probably staring at, um, you know, looking at you know, depleted assets in day two. Um, so, yeah, with the cornerback position, the receiver position addressed, what do you do here after that? I mean, you're, you're probably looking at, yeah, if, if you've got pick 50, you're probably going with an edge, I would imagine. Like, I think you got to go try to find like a Zach Pascal out of Kentucky is probably maybe Drake Jackson's there, a big swing, but. Even then, like you probably need some more contrib contribution early, right, Maddie? You you definitely need defensive end help. Um, but what I like about this draft is 
you don't have to go address wide receiver again. You don't have to go right. address address cornerback again. I think you've got guys that corners specifically because it's the Chiefs and they kind of don't value it a ton. So it'd be surprising to see them go double or triple down early on. But Jamison Williams, the kind of receiver that I don't think you need another day two wide receiver to pair with him. I don't think you need another day two corner to pair with Kyler Gordon. So like you can kind of check off a need and only go back to those positions if it's best player available. So like that's why I do like those two players. I think that's one of the benefits that you get from moving up in a draft. You no longer need to take multiple swings at one position. You can if you want to, but you don't have to. Whereas if you sit back, it's like I like the concept of the trade forward there. Yeah, they need defensive line help. They need two defensive ends still, maybe a D tackle, safety, offensive tackle. Like there's plenty of other options on the board. It's just you don't have to address wide receiver or corner again. And that's because you make that trade up to go get Jamison Williams. And I think I think Jamison Williams is a blue chip. He's a blue chip player. So if you're talking, you know, Jamison Williams, Kyler Gordon, um, a, a Josh Pascal, um, uh, you know, it, with your first three picks and maybe, you know, pick 103, you know, I don't know what, what else you would go there. Um, you know, you could you could do a lot there, but um, you've got some flexibility. Wouldn't hate it. Wouldn't hate it. And there's still there's, you know, still got some picks and, you know, early picks in, in day three as well to kind of play with as well. Um, so, and maybe you move around, maybe you can use one of those to move around too. Maybe move back up from, you know, from, uh, from round three and move up a little bit higher in that round. So we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, all right, we're going to go to a very fresh, hot off the press mock draft. Daniel Jeremiah released his round one mock on Wednesday evening, and he went with a couple names. Boye Mafe, the edge out of Minnesota, and one of our favorites around here, wide receiver George Pickens out of Georgia. This is an intriguing group here, but um, you know, I, I know with you know Boye Mafe, we've had a lot of discourse and discussion about him. Um, I don't know how you feel about. I mean, it's it's old and raw. I, and that's never really a good combination, Maddie. So Boye Mafe is probably the the hottest you know draft name in Missouri right now. And do you know what the hottest liquor store? 
in the Midwest and in Missouri is right now, Kent? It's McAdoodles. That's right. I'm not Craig. I can't transition like him, but I can sure try. So McAdoodles, they're coming near you guys. If you live in the Kansas City area later this fall, Lee Summit area, McAdoodles is coming there. If you don't know what it is, if you've never experienced McAdoodles, like the Chiefs haven't experienced an explosive pass rusher in some time. Well, here's the thing. The Chiefs get boy Mafe, you're going to see it. When McAdoodles comes to Kansas City, you got to go see it. You got to go in there. You're going to get the best selection you've ever seen. Beer, wine, liquor. You're going to get the best customer service you've ever come across. Maybe you're a little confused, overwhelmed. You don't know what to do with everything. They got your back. So now, Here's the thing. You don't want just one explosive pass rusher. You want two, three, four, five. So why only stop at one McAdoodles? This is what you got to do. If you're interested in being a franchisee, you got to get a hold of Roger at info at McAdoodles.com. Get, you know, contact them. Tell them, reach out. Tell them that you're interested. Bring more McAdoodles to the area because you don't want to have to go to only one. And with that said, the Chiefs don't need just one pass rusher. I like starting with Boy Mafe. I get the appeal. I think you laid it out well, though. He's an explosive guy. He's older and he's raw. Like, what What are you kind of hoping from him? He's a designated pass rusher, so he's only going to play on certain downs. And even then, he still needs some time to develop his pass rush plan. It's not very advanced. There's not a lot there in the toolbox. And I don't even think that he executes what he does have at a high level besides his initial burst. It's just... I don't see it as much with Mafe. He's just such a hot name to the Chiefs. Like It's hard to go through more than three mocks without seeing him connected to the Chiefs. So it's one of those that you got to start paying attention to it. It's just the fit really does concern me when you try to plug him in, ask him to stop the run, and ask him to play early on. You're less than 24 hours from the draft. It seems like boy Mafe does have a lot of sizzle with some of the mock drafts out here. And Daniel Jeremiah is as plugged in as anybody out there. And he's got Boye Mafe going uh, to the Chiefs, uh, the edge rusher out of Minnesota. That is interesting. The other one, though, George Pickens, the wide receiver out of Georgia, is a guy that you know we've we've talked a lot about. He's number one in the KCSN draft guide at the position, and you know we've spent a lot of time talking about him. But this is just a rare physical freak with uh, you know with with appealing ball skills, you know, strength at the at the catch point. Uh, ball tracking ability. There's a lot of really good things to like about him. He's just getting started. He's still a younger prospect. He's three years removed. Obviously, the ACL. And one of the things that's popping up a lot recently when we're having, you know, when you're seeing some of the reports about George Pickens is he might fall due to some concerns about maturity, off field. Some of those kind of things seem to be clouding um, his his draft position and murking his situation up a little bit more, Maddie. And that's something worth monitoring for sure to me. Yeah, it is. Um, there seems to be some late rumblings about some off-field immaturity, and then you have the injury stuff. We've talked about him a lot, and the fact that he went through this whole string of interviews and nobody got really amped to move him up draft boards or start putting him up early in the mock drafts was a reason to cause some pause. I will say, though, over the past, I want to say 24 hours, there's been a fair amount of a scuttlebutt about the Chiefs maybe being a team that's done their homework and might feel comfortable with it. And maybe that's people connecting the dots that Andy Reid's okay with stuff like that. Or, you know, maybe, maybe it's just the Andy Reid, just people trying to connect dots in their mind, or maybe there's something to it. So like team fit, it makes a lot of sense. George Pickens, 
to the Chiefs. He fills this X role that they haven't particularly had. He actually does a lot more than just be a big possession receiver. If you think that you can get anything close to what he was in 2019, like the off-field, the non-football stuff has to be incredibly bad, in my opinion, to skip over it. We'll never know how the Chiefs feel about that. But, I mean, this is a pick that I think 98% of Chiefs fans would love even if it is in the first round, I think the hope now from what we're hearing is you hope to catch him at 50. It sounds like he might be sliding a little bit and you might be able to catch him at 50, but if you can't, yeah, I think this is a great spot. I think everyone should be happy if the Chiefs feel good with the off-field. Well, and if they take him in round one, they do. That's the news. If they take him in round one, they feel good about the off-field situation. So um, George Pickens, I, I, you can kind of see some of the stuff here. Just a physical, athletic freak. And, you know, his, his career arc's different and unique because he did have the ACL injury, but he came back and he was able to make some uh, some big plays and playing in the national championship game. He made some big plays in the college football playoff. And uh, I'm a big fan of his, and we're all a big fan of his. So, jo Boy Mafia, George Pickens are the first two picks in this draft for the Chiefs. Where do you go from here? What are you looking at trying to improve in day two and day three of the draft? They're sitting there at 29 and 30, so they got all their picks left. What do you do? I'm, I think you, again, immediately have to go get another defensive end. And this, even more than Ebiketti that we talked about earlier, I think you I think you have to have a defensive end that can come in and play the run. Ebiketti, you might be able to find ways to survive with him out there because he's not a bad run defender. He's just small, especially by NFL standards. Boy, Mafe is a poor run defender. He's not good technically, and he doesn't you know, hold up to physicality that well. So you have to almost come around immediately and go get a Josh Pascal or a Cameron Thomas. I mean, it's somebody right away that can fill that role you're probably good at receivers so now you get to go focus on the secondary you get to essentially focus on the defense for a little while so like I don't mind that's why I like again the Pickens pick he should go higher he kind of fits in that Jamison Williams bucket of he solves your wide receiver issue if you feel good about the injury stuff and you don't have to double dip quickly if you go with a guy with of that talent I don't know if we're talking about uh, Boye Mafe specifically. I think uh, in the in the mentions here, Boye Mafe will be 24 during his rookie year. So that is kind of an older prospect for anybody that is asking that question, or if they were asking that question uh, in the uh, in the in the comments of the show. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think you you do have to go address. You know, you got to go address Edge early, but like, yeah, you, you could still go get corner. I mean, there's there's some corners. Maybe you maybe it's a Pascal Martin Emerson round two, something like that. Um, make a little bit of sense. One more mock draft to kind of Hold take on. a look. I, we got to go somewhere else with Daniel Jeremiah's because it wasn't in the written version. It was in the video. But uh, he specifically mentioned that the Chiefs could get up to pick nine. He said they could offer both first-round picks, and he said they'd have to throw in a third. I assume that's a Jimmy Johnson chart thing because I think by the Rich Hill, at least the old Rich Hill chart, it would with not be a third-round pick. But he just specifically mentioned pick nine, and the reason that's interesting in his mock draft he had Seattle trading out of pick nine, only one spot for some reason, but they traded back from pick nine. But Kayvon Thibodeau was there on the board. And anybody that follows the show knows I'm going to pound the table for any time I can say the Chiefs should trade up for him. So I just thought it was interesting that DJ at least mentioned how far up they could move, specifically mentioned pick nine. And it also happened to be a spot that a team was trading out of in his very own mock. And the Seahawks are very apt to trade out. So that is definitely something to keep an eye on. 29 and 30 does get you there. It should get you there. They shouldn't have to throw any additional capital. And if they do, I'll probably be a little bit upset. Not if, they... if it's for Kayvon Thibodeau. <laughs> Whatever you need. <laughs> yeah, there's your blue chip pass rusher to go uh, with that group. So yeah, definitely something worth monitoring. All right, one more 
mock draft. And this one does actually have Daxton Hill. I promise you. Charles Davis did his mock draft. NFL.com's Charles Davis. Uh, NFL Network's Charles Davis. He has Daxton Hill and Sky Moore. Uh, Daxton Hill, the safety out of Michigan. Sky Moore, the receiver out of Western Michigan to uh the chiefs and i believe that like i think we talked about daxon hill was one of our mock draft selections when we did our mock draft la- uh earlier this uh yesterday as it was as it, it's all running together maddie but yesterday we did have <laughs> daxon hill and uh he's a guy that you know can play in the slot a versatile safety high character high football iq uh really quality football player and i think you're getting a, just a quality football player if you get him at pick 29 yeah and He's a he's a safety that I think a lot of people tout up the the versatility and stuff like that. And it's absolutely there. But I think if you draft him in round one, I mean, you're just banking on his ability as a slot corner, which is interesting given the chief situation of Legarius Sneed plays there. But they, they've they moved him outside. He's played outside before. Maybe that's something they do see in the cards. If they take Daxon Hill, I would feel very confident that's their move. I don't think you take Daxon Hill in round one to play him at safety. Because that's, I mean, over 75% of his snaps are in the slot. Like, that's a pretty big projection for a guy that hasn't played this. Like, he removed safety. He's a corner. You drafted a slot corner, which is fine. It's a valuable position in round one, and he's a very good one. He might be the best one in this class right up there with Trent McDuffie if you're just going on a profile. So, I like the pick. I get it. Um, I think it's not the versatility. I think it's a little overhyped with him, but we don't spend enough time talking about the fact that he might be the best man to man slot corner in this entire draft. Yeah, for sure. And Hey, if you are liking what we're doing here, go ahead and uh, click the like button and the subscribe button on this video. If you are watching and you like what was going on. Um, yeah, we got, we got a lot of people watching right now. Feel free to hit the like, uh, and subscribe button. We got so much going on at KC sports network. Again, we will be live for every single pick at kingdom bar and grill in Overland park. So make sure you go check that out. Uh, either if you're in KC, you want to go hang out with us or you can watch it on here. We'll be breaking things down from a very chief specific perspective. So hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. We'd really appreciate it. So yeah, we go Daxton Hill. Uh, with that with the first pick and then the second pick in the first round sky Moore, receiver out of western michigan and what's interesting to me maddie is we did a mock draft scenario a while back we tried to be measured and realistic and our we went safety i know you're, you're treating daxton hill as a corner here but we did go safety uh and receiver and went sky Moore. We went lewis seen sky Moore. people were furious about that that pairing but sky Moore. What do you think about Sky Moore at pick 30? I'm happy. I'm I think you're probably pretty content too. Yeah, I I I really like Sky Moore's game. I think it'll translate to the NFL pretty well. This is a dude that has barely played the receiver position. He's played wide receiver for three years. He was a quarterback, goes to Western Michigan. They say, nah, you're gonna be a receiver now. And then he puts up the kind of numbers he did at Western Michigan after three years of playing receiver. Like there's so much more that he can still get to. And yet he's one of the better route runners in this, in this entire class. Like the, I think there's immense upside there. He's not your traditional do everything kind of guy. So like, you're not going to have him go play as your X wide receiver. You're not even going to keep him on the outside all the time, but move him around, play him in the slot, play him at the Z. He's got over the top speed. He's good after the catch. Like he kind of does a little bit of everything. I think I've said it all this whole process. You need a guy that's going to replicate the same type of stuff 
that Tyreek Hill did. Not as good, not as well, and not everything, but the same type of stuff. I think Sky Moore is one of the best options that you know you don't have to take in the top 15 that can do the most stuff that Tyreek Hill did. He can run all of the yards after catch stuff. He can run the deep overs, the RPO slants and bubbles. Like He's very well-versed in a lot of that stuff. So like you're getting a guy that you could drop into that role and see how effective or how impactful he can be. A little bit of everything jives really well with, uh, you know, it, it jives really well with, you know, uh, the Chiefs offense. I mean, I think a guy that can kind of move around because we've talked about in some of the traditional XYZ roles kind of get thrown out the window a little bit at times with Travis Kelsey lining up on the backside of the formation. You got to be a little bit more versatile. You got to move around a little bit. And so I do think you could put him outside in some capacity in a small amount of snaps. And I think he can be a little bit of press, but I think he's a guy that moves around and move, can move all over the field. And um, the route running ability is very real uh, for a group of five receiver. And uh, yeah, he's a super talented kid, some breakaway speed, some long speed. You do like that out of, that out of him as well. Cause he did test really well with his, with his vertical speed as, or his long speed as well. So um, I'm very intrigued by him. I like him a lot. He'd be a very fun fit in Kansas city. Let's kind of build that mock. Let's do that. Let's build the draft around these two picks. So if the Chiefs go Daxton Hill uh, and, and Sky Moore in the first round, you know, what are you kind of doing? You, you really got to address the defensive end position a little bit too. Yeah, you do. You still got to go to defensive end. I think as much as I love Sky Moore, you still have to probably get some more size or another body type in that wide receiver room eventually. I think he's good enough and ready to play early enough that you might be able to push that off to round four. But it, I mean, you still have to address something. So like, again, this is the difference between trading up for Jamison Williams, taking the risk on the character and injuries of George Pickens versus with Watson and Sky Moore, just taking the best wide receiver there. So like, you still got to get a wide receiver. You still, you're probably good on corner. I don't think they're desperate to get an outside corner. If you take Daxton Hill, yeah. um, they can, that's again, that's the good news. You can go still go take a corner if there's good value, but you don't have to because Sneed's your new outside corner and then Daxon Hill's playing on the inside. So like you got better at, you know, potentially two positions there. I think they set themselves up well. It's just, there's still a lot of needs. And I mean, defensive end, that's a big need. You probably need two to three swings and the rest of this draft. Yeah, you got to take some swings at defensive end. You take one on day two. You got to take one at defensive end on day three. And there's an edge out of Oklahoma. I bet he sticks, Maddie. It's Isaiah Thomas, the defensive end out of Oklahoma. What you like about him? His teammate, Nick Bonito, gets a lot of hype right now. But Isaiah Thomas did some really nice stuff. You know, this is a bigger, long guy, over 33-inch arms, 265, 270 pounds, plays defensive end, plays five tech, plays three tech at times. He moves all around. You know, he plays behind his length. He's going to be good against the run. In that Oklahoma kind of defense, he does a lot of slanting and stunting. So there is a little bit of a projection to see how doing the NFL, but his physical traits should lend him to being a versatile kind of early down defensive end early on in his NFL career. And that makes him a pretty good pairing if you want to go get one of these younger, more athletic kind of speed rushers off the edge that maybe can't do those same things. Yeah, I think he's a really good fit for Steve Spagnuolo's defense, and I think he makes a lot of sense on day three. Isaiah Thomas, I bet he sticks in the NFL. And if you are looking for golf clubs, sticks, golf is what you need to be looking at. They are the best value in golf. I am on my second set of them. Uh, I got I got the, the newest set, uh, the complete set, and I actually took them out this weekend and played really, really well. Um, you know, I love the sand wedge. Uh, the, the, the 56 degree wedge. I've got some really nice wedges. I've been getting a lot better. And, you know, this has been the perfect set of clubs for me in my golf journey 
as you know, I've kind of started to fall in love with it the last couple of years. So if you are looking for a set of clubs, go to sticks.golf, use promo code KCSN10, and we uh, and, and you'll get a 10% discount on your set of clubs. So make sure uh, you are checking them out. They are incredible. I am one of their biggest fans, if not their biggest fan. Um, we have something really cool we got to announce uh, before we get out of here and something we're going to be doing uh, this weekend. Um, we all know about the, the tragic passing of Therese Paler. He's left a, a hole in this space in Kansas City that's not been filled and, and probably never will be. He's a special, special talent. He's a special, special human, and he impacted all of us in a lot of different ways. And so we're trying to continue to support him and his legacy. Um, so we are doing a raffle this year to support uh, Therese Paler scholarships, both at Howard University and um, and at Mizzou. So if you donate $10 to the KC Sports Network Venmo, it's KC Sports Network, um, you'll be entered for a chance to win uh, one of three different items. We're going we're gonna, to uh, raffle off a Travis Kelsey jersey. We're going to raffle off a signed Patrick Mahomes helmet. And we're also going to be raffling off a Nick Bolton jersey as well. So um, if you donate... Uh, $10 to the KC Sports Network Venmo. That'll give you an entry. So per opportunity, you could donate 100 and get 10 chances into this thing. But we're trying to continue uh, to to support Therese's legacy. And uh, it's, a, it's, it's a great cause. So uh, yeah, go to the, the KC Sports Network Venmo and, and you donate to that. Uh, you'll get a chance to win either a Travis Kelsey jersey, a Nick Bolton jersey, or a signed Patrick LaVon Mahomes mini helmets i mean come on uh but yeah and we'll, we'll be making the announcements on the winners i believe uh during the live show the the day three of the of the live show so uh, yeah just uh, we'd really appreciate the support it's really cool to try to give a chance to support uh therese and, and his legacy so uh yeah thank you guys all so much for listening um hit the like subscribe button by the KC, KCSN Draft Guide. There's a link in the description of this show as well, whether you're watching or listening. Get you the KCSN Draft Guide for, I believe, $12.99 uh, with promo code DRAFTMAS. And it's a perfect companion for this draft weekend. So thank you guys so much for listening, for watching. We appreciate you. We can't wait to see you at Kingdom Bar and Grill on Thursday night. We'll catch you later. Tomorrow night. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.